You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. It's October, the best time of year if you're a sports fan in North Dakota, especially if you've got Midco SA. Tune in for live college and high school football, volleyball, and soccer from around the region, plus the return of UND Hockey at the Ralph and on the road, and the debut of North Dakota Hockey Central, a new original Friday night show dedicated to the program you love to follow. It's all on Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. All right, episode 10 of the Bill Chaves podcast. Welcome. Double digits, Bill. Now they, we're talking. They said it wasn't going to last one, right, David? <laughs> Holy cow. And we had we actually did one without David. I mean, so we were challenged at that point, but we, we figured it out, right? The great yes, ones adjust yes. to, to some degree. I don't know if we're great, <laughs> but we adjusted anyways. Oh. So, uh, no, it's been great. And I, I appreciate, you know, Alex, uh, you know, Midco and uh, the sponsorship with this podcast and in the ability to do this on a weekly basis. I, I know this. Um, it just seems like this is a, a great platform to be able to do a little bit more long form and talk yeah. about various things. And so we do appreciate you coming over here weekly. It's oh, great. It's, it's been a blast. And we, I've, I've had fun. I think hope, hopefully if you listening out there have enjoyed this for the first 10 episodes. And again, this is the plan to keep this rolling all the way through. So uh, we're taping this on a Monday morning, as always, October the 8th, coming off another busy weekend around UND Athletics, all sort. Everybody, winter sports scene getting going with hockey started. Fall sports season's really kicking into gear with conference play ramping up football team on off this past weekend but still working toward a playoff appearance and seeing some of their rivals fall this weekend it just a lot going on right now as always in the world of und athletics yeah you know you're 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 in the teeth of it right now and certainly when you drop the puck as we said last week you know hockey kind of uh you know uh umbrellas over the uh part of the fall season all the way past basketball so uh that's always interesting and uh but a lot of fun too i mean i just a tremendous amount of fun you know in our our teams they're they're going through their journeys right now we've had a little bit of highs a little bit of lows yesterday we had a couple you know uh, lows i would say but 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 more journey than anything i you know you know uh, excuse me, soccer had a tough one, you know, just had, had a lead and talked to uh, coach Logan this morning and uh, just said, you know, you, you just sometimes let up a goal and then all of a sudden it can come in pairs. Yeah. And uh, he just uh, wasn't um, even, I guess, even 60 minutes in, he was thinking, you know, this it's going the direction, doing a great job, but you know, NDSU uh, finished in uh, you know finished in the league final last year, and so that that's a uh, it's still a result that gives you pause. That I think this this program is moving in certainly the right direction, but now now we've got to kind of finish the deal. They've got to almost reassess their their goals, if you will, and then come back and respond a little bit, much like football had to respond after the Idaho State game. Yeah. Now this program's going to have to respond after yesterday. A little recalibration, just to kind of. It was a good test for them. Yeah, North Dakota State, a very good team. And for soccer, coming off a 5 nothing win over Western Illinois on Thursday, feeling pretty good, still undebeaten in the, in the conference. And then, you know, you you have a lead and you lose one late. And really, if you didn't see the match out of these Grand Forks, the first goal was from a set piece and just a scrum in front of the six-yard box. And our goaltender gets knocked over and then the ball ends its way in the back of the net. And then, as you said, the Bison score just two minutes later. And... Those those types of things happen in the game of soccer, and now they'll have to have a quick turnaround because they have a couple of road matches coming up this week with Omaha on the way, and then a very good Denver team out west. But you and for you and this, this is they're still in a great spot, six points in conference through three games. You want to finish in the top four, obviously that puts you in the conference tournament. 
they're finding more and more about themselves, I think, week in, week out. And this will be a good gut check time for them coming yeah, up. Yeah, we've been really good on the road. And so, you know, I think that will continue. But uh, it's so interesting, that game uh, where you score the first goal. That, that I, think, I think Chris said to me it's the first time in his career that they, he's lost a game having scored oh, the first goal position. yeah yeah and so uh but I, you know what I, this is part of the journey it just is and, and so you know what they're gonna have to hit a reset button right now and kind of figure it out and at the end of the day i think you're you're heading you try to be one of those top four teams yeah. that's what you try to be because hey anything can happen at that point oh for sure yeah and that's and the su obviously a little payback on their mind because you had beaten them in fargo last year and this was you know a, a good Kind of one of those fun storyline games where it's a great rivalry, and I, I have got a feeling this is not going to be the last time they're going to see each other. I'm just going to I'm just going to throw that out there. Ooh. I think in the conference tournament in Denver, watch out for those two to get paired up. Okay, not, not saying, but maybe saying, just saying. Yeah, okay, I think, got I think it. so. We That's need a rubber right. match on a neutral site. We we can do that on a pod. <laughs> There's no reason why we can't. I mean, no reason. You can have an opinion. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I, I'm 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 liable. I'm I'm, I'm That's right. You know, I'm I'm worth one. Um, one of the cool things, by the way, I thought about that match both on. Thursday and then on Sunday. You know, Sunday it was it was cold and it was kind of wet and you know, you got NFL footballs going on. There was a volleyball match going on at the same time. And there was a great crowd out of East Grand Forks. Like when you see the goal go in, uh this the uh, the the celebration on the benches and up in the stands. Like you can just see the support for this team and for this group of girls, which again, a lot of local kids, kids from Minnesota, from North Dakota really making up the majority of this group from UND. People have really started to, to buy in to what Chris Logan's doing with this program. And it's, it's really just much like they've done with Mark Pryor in volleyball and with Bubba Schwager mm-hmm. in football, obviously the hockey program for years and years. But it's really cool to see people really start to get behind this soccer. Yeah, program. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, maybe to some yeah, degree, maybe so. from his, uh, you know, but I'm not sure I, I, I ever subscribe too much to schedules because every team's its its own and and sometimes you never know how things are going to break and kind of how they come together and i think this team's pretty close and so uh i think uh, it should be a, certainly a fun rest of uh, the remaining uh, part of this season so we'll, we'll see what transpires yeah excited to see where they go from here two big road matches again coming up this week volleyball by the way you talk about soccer trying to find their way and getting a good test and, and having a chance to sort of reassess things very similar for mark Pryor's club again th- they had won three straight conference matches heading into the weekend they played two unbeaten teams in the summit league in omaha and in denver and they came up short in two four set matches uh, you know and, and the, but again at different points in each of those matches they're playing five freshmen at the same time it's a very young north dakota team and it, you're gonna have matches like this against veteran veteran opposition yeah have had, had some opportunity to talk to uh you know our fans who obviously have have, have uh you know watched the program for a long period of time and it's just the maturation of, of really good young players. And, you know, you sometimes uh, forget, uh, you, know, you always remember where they end up, so to speak, and not necessarily how they got there. And, you know, this group is learning. And I, I thought, you know, we played pretty well yesterday. Denver's, Denver's very Denver's good. really good. They won 13 four, in a row. Four-time defending Summit League regular yeah. season and tournament champs. Yep. Best start in program history, 15-1, and one, 13 straight wins. 13 straight wins and... You know they they're correct. They're they're very kind of uh, upperclassmen, senior laden, and they've got some uh, terminators on that team. They, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. They just well, do. Sure, they do. They do. I mean, I, you know, it gets to a point. It's over. 
I mean, you're in, in, and again, I thought we played pretty, pretty darn well. Um, so uh, we can take something from, from both of these matches and, uh, and go forward. But I think that the, um, the, the margin for error is not as great in a sense. Like if you looked at the whole conference, right? right. We've, we've had five setters in, on one side of the ledger, and then we've had kind of four setters on the other. So, so really it's within how, how well we develop as a, as, a, as a team. Yeah, I think you saw, if you were at the match on Sunday, especially against the Pioneers, you saw the highs. You saw what this team could do. Yep. In the second set, they had a 15-3 to lead and were just rolling. Things were clicking. You could see the connection between Rosa Radio, the freshman center, Jordan Dale, the senior middle blocker, Ashley Brueggemann, the junior outside. Like There was great energy and emotion, and, and they were playing so well as a team. But then you could see some of the lows where Denver storms right back and pulls almost level in that set when things kind of wrapped up. And again, that's kind of the mark of a younger team that is still learning how to play together. You're going to see, Mark Pryor always talks about, I want to see the carousel, which is like the little ups and downs, instead of the roller coaster with the big ups and downs. That was a little more of a roller coaster, which you'll have in, no in a question. season like this. Yeah, and, and, and we're getting some tremendous experience through it all. And so uh, we'll see. I, I, like you said, I, I'm always cautiously optimistic with all of our programs, but uh, I, I, you know, but that that particular group right now is getting a, a, a boatload of experience that they're going to need. Yeah, they have a chance now to get a little more road experience in a non-conference setting. They go, to, they go to Pitt tomorrow. Again, we're taping this on a Monday. You'll be listening to this as that match is probably approaching. Good test right in the middle of the conference season. One of East. two undefeated teams in the country. Yeah, that's... Pitt and uh, BYU. So I learned that this morning, and uh, as I was doing a little bit of research yeah. on that, and uh, um, it will be, it will certainly be a, a challenge for us. But you know what? I think this will be again. Just it's, it's how you embrace it, and so you know we'll we'll go out there and, and see what transpires. And uh, I think we did this last year against Iowa State. That's right. And yep. so similar uh, situation. Similar situation. So you know, I mean, I think Mark has a thought process of you know where he wants this program to go, and so uh, you know we we've hit a a little bit of a reset right now and i only use the word rebuild but kind of a reset because we just have inexperienced players and so once once they get that experience and i think you know tomorrow night's match will be uh, again a step in that right direction uh, as we go forward yeah, good chance to test yourself against the, another power five and a very good good power five program in the pit panthers coming up so volleyball kind of in the midst of that and just to kind of continue on this theme, hockey, starting with an exhibition game the other day against Manitoba, and really, I mean, dominated the game. It was a 55-minute domination, as producer David Fulski gets. <laughs> hey, it's that time of year. Everybody, everybody fighting through. Bless you, David. Yeah. Uh, hockey play in Manitoba, an exhibition play on Saturday night. Great performance, and then just just a little, just two small mistakes at the end of the mat or end of the game, and we're going to overtime. It's just fine margins. Well, that goalie was pretty good. <laughs> the the young gentleman from Manitoba had fifty two saves. Fifty two saves. You know, it is funny. I I was with you between periods and between yeah. first and second, and I how should I say? I was kind of floating around, so I didn't get to watch much of the first period. And uh, at some stage, I I looked up at the shots, and I thought it was inaccurate i mean because i didn't get a chance to really uh you know grasp what was going on on the ice and uh watched you know obviously periods two and three but in ot but uh yeah you know what um 
you get some of the jitters out of your system. And I thought we, we, we played pretty well. And, you know, it was good to, um, you know, find a way to, to even win it, even though it's an exhibition game. I, I think that helps a team. I do. I, I mean, you know, why not? I mean, certain what there were certain coaches that I think practice, I don't know, going on a ladder and cutting down a net. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure about that, but I think, I think actually, uh, you know, you know, scoring a goal in overtime, yeah. I think that's, that's that, a little more tangible. That's, that's tangible. Yeah. That's yeah. like real, right? I'm not sure about the other thing, really. I mean, uh, so we'll, stay, well, who knows? I mean, I, I just stay right there. But I think, uh, you know, getting, getting the final result because really we, we dominated play, no doubt. And so heading, heading into this week will always be difficult, this series. And you can probably teach me about it a little bit more than I know. But Bemidji will be, you know, it'll be, it'll yeah. be incredibly good test for us, for sure. And, you know, it's one of those go to their place and then come back to our place. So it'll be a, it'll be a challenge. Yeah, a little trip down the highway to Bemidji yeah. on Friday. And then we'll welcome them back into the Ralph on Saturday. Yeah, and that game against Manitoba, 55 shots to nine were, were, the, were the final totals. 55 shots. And I believe the total shot attempts, those are and just shot on goal. Total shot attempts were like 103 to 18. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. This was a game because I think people, and this has kind of been said, and by now everybody's talked about this over the course of the weekend. But when you look at the score and you see that UND beat Manitoba, which is you know it's a it's a older team from the Canadian West, you know Canada West Athletic Association. These aren't these aren't players that are nearly as a high a level in terms of talent, experience, etc. as the guys at UND. But you know, it's still typically a team that comes, plays hard, and usually gets beat six to two down here, seven to three, that that type of game. So when you see that UND gets pushed to the limit and, and wins three two in overtime, you kind of maybe raise an eyebrow. But if you really watch the game or look even a little deeper into the stats, the, Manitoba came down and essentially, to use a soccer term, parked the bus. They had no intentions of coming out to play. It was everybody in front of the net, and they had very few offensive forays into the other end well think about it too alex i and so we have um in basketball terms a few years ago the the exhibition games were now non-division one games and so i've seen teams like i'll say this load up the division twos of whatever to come in and you're still trying to work through some things and so I, an exhibition is an exhibition. I mean, and if, if you right, if a, if someone's going to park the bus, so to speak, and, and give the goalie credit, maybe, maybe if if you know for whatever reason a few goals went in early and it became let's just say three nothing, yeah, four nothing, maybe it's a different story. But I, I don't get caught up in that stuff. I, I just don't. I mean, I think you know, I think Coach Barry. I talked to him after the game, and he was he was pretty happy with our performance. We, I thought we skated well, and uh, you know those those pucks are going to go in at, at some stage of the game. I'll take my chances getting fifty plus shots yeah. every game. How about that? <laughs> right, exactly. You'll take those numbers. 50, right. 55 to nine. You'll take, take that. It every you'll time. Take that. Uh, and that's, I got the same sense talking to some of the guys after the game and talking to Brad again this morning too. I think they know that those chances are going to, if they can continue to generate chances like that throughout the season against a team that is more willing to come out and actually play with you instead of sitting back, the ice is going to open up. You're going to score some of those goals. Uh, yeah. Like you said, you can't really read too much into the final result in a game in which they really played awfully good for 60 minutes. Yeah. We talked about it, you know, um, you know, off off pod, if you will, uh, prior to the uh, to getting uh, getting on, and we'll talk about it when we flip it over about the Liverpool match. But yeah. every match is its own, or every game's its own, and sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it takes two to tango, and uh, and and for whatever reason, sometimes uh, you know games become 
tighter or 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 more difficult as opposed to free flowing and so you know it, it, again I, I think you know Manitoba came down did what they did and uh, you know we got it we you know I think we got some pretty good experience out of it but now now it all begins uh, for real yeah now it's for real for sure big home and home against Bemidji coming up this weekend the Beavers picked to finish fifth in the WCHA preseason polls but uh, as you said every year a, those things don't matter. And, and B, this team always seems to play the right way. They're typically a veteran group. Usually they don't have a lot of guys leave early for the NHL. Although they did this past year. Zach Whitecloud, who was an outstanding sophomore defenseman, signed with the Vegas Golden Knights in the offseason. But you can expect this to be a game where you do get tested a little bit. Oh, yeah. You get tested physically, and especially because it is the first game that really matters. And for these freshmen who have not played a, a, a collegiate game, It'll be a little eye-opening, I guess. Well, I mean, I, not to get deeper into it, but Vermont went to Michigan and won. Yeah. And, you know, I think the stats were skewed towards Michigan. I could be wrong with that, but I think that I think the shots were pretty uh, healthy, uh, and I think the Vermont goalie kind of stood on his head a little bit. And so, uh, you know, it's a game, Alex. I mean, you got to play it. And, you know, polls are polls are polls. I mean, at the end of it all, it only matters if you sort of can figure out how to maybe make the tournament at the end. And then from there then it all starts anew again anyways. If you want to talk about games that matter around college hockey this weekend, and you, and you talk about every game is its own, one of the ones that stood out to me, Colorado College, who traditionally has been kind of on the low end of the spectrum in the NCHC, but had, had a very good season last year, returns a ton of talent. They go up to Anchorage and beat Alaska Anchorage 10-2 to on Saturday and then turn around and lose 4-3 to the following night. Yep. You, just go, you just never know. Night to night, you have to bring it especially at this level, because every team is gunning for you. And especially when you're North Dakota, that's the case. No doubt. So, you know, I, all that to be said, I thought it was a great crowd on, on Saturday. Thank you for everyone that uh, did come out. Yeah, uh, certainly. Sell out so, for an exhibition. Yes. Which is awesome. And then uh, and then we're looking forward to Saturday night. Big, big, uh, big, big weekend. We've got a, a few a few events yeah. going on. Yeah, first big hockey football doubleheader coming up this weekend, which is, which is exciting. Stressful. For everybody involved, but exciting. Yep. Um, North Dakota football coming off a bye. And honestly, if you want to talk about this, they probably picked a good weekend to be off because there were a lot of upsets. There were a lot of wacky things happening around FCS football this weekend. Well, here's here's my little thought process on that. Yeah, let's, let's hear this. Bit. Here is my thought process, is that we're starting to get to the point where reality of who's who is happening. And so the, the preconception of what you think might be and what is might be actually happening and so by saying that i i'm going to go back to idaho state again yeah who just put 62 uh -huh. on idaho and i think there was eight touchdown passes eight touchdown passes that yeah. quarterback's pretty good tanner guller is not bad and so at the end of it all i thought we did a pretty good job containing him yeah and so you know i i just i just know you never know until really you probably get to, to week five six seven as to where things are shaking out. And so sometimes, I don't know, it, sometimes you have wacky weekends for mm -hmm. sure, but sometimes, you know what? It's kind of heading towards what might be. And, you know, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. I know that we're going to get a, we're going to get a, a Montana team that's going to feel as if it needs to kind of get back on the right side of the ledger and because they had a, a, a tricky one, but you know, you just never know. You go into each game and you have your game plan and you just, you know, they, for whatever reason, they struggled to score 
um, early on in that game. And then they came back, got the lead. They did. And, uh, and then, uh, much like the Carolina Panthers, where my son likes, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> uh, like a, they, they yeah. had a Graham Gano that, yep. uh, that, that, that got it done <laughs> at the end of the game. Yeah, a 52-yard field goal from the Portland State kicker, Cody Williams, with four seconds left, ended up being the winner in that 22-20. to Yeah, and this was, you mentioned Montana had a tough time scoring the football in that game. They couldn't hang on to the football in that game, I think. Four fumbles lost in that contest, and that was a big reason why the Vikings were able to hang around. Because Portland State, you know, you talk about what we know about teams. We were pretty sure that Portland State was bad. They only had one win on the season that was to a D2 team. They had kind of been blown out in a lot of these games. They were winless last year. UND went out there and beat them 48-13, something like that. And for Montana to lose at home, I mean, I was very surprised. I was very surprised at that particular result. But like you said, every week, again, every week is its own week. And you never know. Montana probably maybe looked at that game and thought, well, here's a game that we're going to win. Yeah, ma- maybe. You know, and, I, and I'd say, um, you know, Portland State, you know, you get to a point where maybe you know, something just clicks and all of a sudden now, you know, uh, it could have been a matchup situation. I, I, you know, they, they play an interesting defense and I think they kind of got, got after the Grizz a little bit, but, but some of that was self-inflicted a little bit, obviously with the turnovers. And and those are things that you, again, those, it's all cliche stuff that we always hear about, but, but it's the truth. I mean, you can go in with the greatest game plan in the world. You could actually have, you know, uh, for whatever reason, things on your side of the ledger, but if you give people short fields and, 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 and things, or, or or the defense has to stay on the field a long period of time, it makes it tricky. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. That's right? exactly yeah. right, Mike yep. Tyson. <laughs> oh, Mike. Uh, so anyway, so football coming off a bye. And then this again, we've, we've talked about this last week. First time since 2015 that UND has had a bye in the middle of the season. Huge. You get the sense that the guys were ready to just to get a, get healed up a little bit, both mentally and physically. What what does a buy like that do at this point in the year? Coming off a nice win, getting ready for a tough stretch. What does that do for a team, Bill? I'm I'm actually kind of blown away that it is the first buy since 2015 in the middle because that it is it's almost like you have a month off. That's what it must feel like for the guys. It, it just you know I think they're going to come back so rejuvenated and refreshed. And um, you know I think Coach Schweiger has done a good job of you know keeping them loose, so to speak, last week because you just didn't want to go like from zero to 100 this right, week. Yeah. So I think they did a good job with that. But I, I got to believe from an academic standpoint and just the ability to kind of get yourself um, redirected and reset. And now, you know, you can kind of take them. I, I think coaches to some degree might ch- take seasons in thirds, but this way it was a kind of a neat sort of half, right? Yeah. And so now you kind of got through the first five, get your bye, and now you got six to go. Yeah, you talk about how the team sculpted practice schedules and lifting and all those yep. types of things, and they, they uh, gave the guys Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, at least in terms of practice. They still had some lift and some some different team meetings, yep. but it uh, gave the coaching staff a chance to get out and do some recruiting. As you said, gave the and that was something Bubba addressed in the huddle. They, they practiced on Thursday morning at 6 o'clock over at the HPC, and we were there filming things for Day by Day, the web series that we're doing on the team, and, and Bubba finished the practice by talking about, like, hey, here's a great opportunity not just to sort of get physically healthy. You got a great chance just to focus on school for a little bit, get caught up on some things that maybe either you've been sort of putting off get ahead of the game maybe um that emphasis it was was really right there like get your bodies right get your minds right on both football and on school 
and be ready to go when we come back. Because Monday now we got a good team to prepare for, and Montana will still be ranked. You know, come Saturday, the polls for us right now the polls haven't officially come out, but it'll be they'll be a top 25 team, and they'll be coming in here as you said with the points approved after a, a disappointing loss last week, and their playoff hopes as UND's are very much on the line coming up this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, every game you can argue is a playoff game um, each week in, in college football, but but truly this one's this one's a huge one. So I, and kudos to 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 your whole group that doing day by day that if people have not uh, been able to uh, um, take a peek at that you could go back and probably binge it if you yeah, want to. Yeah they're all they're all on the MidQSN YouTube channel under a playlist they're all right next to each other so really easy to find this is uh, this will be our ninth week this this week obviously following when starting in preseason and going through but we really enjoy doing that Darren Lean, Marty Mueller and the rest of our team uh, in conjunction with with UND it, it has had a great time and really we've kind of styled it after through these doors, which premieres this week, eighth season, not eighth episode, eighth season of Through These Doors coming out. David Folsky, our producer, has been there for all of this. Is kind of the the brainchild and the <laughs> as, he, as he nods. Um, it, it's a great thing. Cassie Niles has kind of taken that over now, and it's uh, if you want to stay in again, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen Through These Doors since the inception. But check that out. That's coming out this week. Uh, Thursday night premiere, like always. And then we'll have that packaged as a part of North Dakota Hockey Central, which will air on Fridays, along with interviews with Brad Berry and, and more player features and things like that. But great stuff, really, for this university. Online. Yeah, but both, you know, again, both of them are high quality and, and kind of gets you that inside sort of, uh, I think, you know, both both sides, uh, uh, both, both groups have decided you know in, in conversations and in meetings how can how can you kind of get in inside uh, something that you won't normally get access to and so uh so kudos look forward to uh watching both yeah good stuff all coming out all this weekend absolutely get excited sit, sit at your computer take really the great thing is they're both about 10 minutes long eight That's to right. ten minutes or so yep. they're, they're quick watches that really get you in they go by like that we always say every week as we're watching both of those things Oh my gosh, that's how long was that? That's over right now? And we always think, oh, we need to add more to it. Or that type of stuff. Like, no, no, that was, that was actually nine minutes. Or that was eight minutes. Less that's, is more. That's good. That's all you need. Get I think so. I, I think yeah. so. I mean, you know, I, I just think it, it, it's it's awesome bite-sized chunks of things that we're looking for. And uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah, easy to consume and really fun if you're a UND fan. So again, check both of those things out coming up this week. Uh, just to set the stage again for the weekend, you mentioned a busy day Saturday with football kicking off at one o'clock, hockey at seven o'clock. Uh, what else is going on? Anything else on your radar coming up? I know we have some teams on the road, some teams are home. It's it's kind of a, a mixed week here in the middle of October. Yeah, yeah. Volleyball uh, Sunday against USD. Yes. Two o'clock. Big match. Big match for them. The Yotes are good this big, year. Big, big match. That'll be huge. Uh, obviously, that we mentioned them going to pit. Uh, for the match uh, on Tuesday. And then we've got the uh, one and only uh, cross-country meet. Yeah, we that's have. right. Yes, yeah, so the uh, Ron Pin Classic is the uh, is the meet. And uh, Dick Clay in his 34th year, and uh, this will be his uh, his his last cross-country uh, meet as head coach here. So um, we were, I was talking with him this morning, and uh, <laughs> we were discussing the fact that, um, oh, how should I say, there could be some of that uh, precipitation on the ground. And yeah. so he's got to kind of work that through. But he said, eh, the flags are on top of the trees, so they'll know where to run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Teams, that's, that is going to be part of it. That's I saw we're supposed to get maybe three to five inches of snow on Wednesday, I think, was what the forecast had said. So have fun out there running the course, everybody, on the, right. on the cross country. And that's, again, that's why we play football indoors up here in this part of the world. Yeah, and I, I think there's a uh, – 
I, I think it's kind of a photo op opportunity, isn't it? Well, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Oh, it's for kind sure. of a cool, like, this is what I did when I ran cross country yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, so I guess that's the way I would be looking at it if I was one of our runners. But uh, we'll see if they look at it that way. <laughs> Hopefully they do. Have a chat with them before they take <laughs> yeah, oh, the yeah. course. And yeah, so well, a lot of stuff to get to this weekend. That should be a lot of fun. Get out and support North Dakota on the cross country course, on the football fields, and at the Ralph for hockey on Saturday nights. Uh, HPC. I do want to talk about this really quick. So the, we talked about playing football indoors, and, and that's why we have these indoor facilities. The high performance center here on campus. There was a big push, obviously, to, to get that thing done, so you could get soccer and softball and football, and you get them a place to practice when the season changes, and the season kind of already has, really. And now that that facility, of course, was built a couple seasons ago and has been a huge boost for this campus. Now, though, Bill, Phase 2 is kind of starting to take shape, so it becomes more of not just a practice facility, but an event facility for the public to come in and watch. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, as I think if you were to look at it broadly, absolutely, I give whole kind, all kinds of credit to my, my predecessor, Brian Faison, and, and, and everyone that had a thought process that that was the right um, order, I guess, sure. of events. Get the indoor facility, and then within that event, uh, that facility itself, there's still um, some seating that needs to take place. So that's kind of what we're trying to finish off right now, and that's what we're starting on. And so stay tuned on that. That's going to happen in the next several months, and that'll kind of put the bow on that particular facility, and now we're thinking beyond that. And that's that's kind of where we're at right now. We're even thinking a little bit broader than HPC2, I'll be honest with you. I, we're thinking, you know, maybe how can we get into a complex mode, so to speak, sure. and uh, for the for the next quarter century. As we're heading into new, new conferences, uh, both uh, Missouri Valley, obviously, in 2020, and then we're in the Summit League, you know, how do we take these 10 programs that are in the Hislop and in Memorial and kind of kind of make it what it needs to be for the next, again, quarter century. And so, uh, so we're excited about that, but uh, all kudos to our fundraising arm with uh, Steve Brecky and Mike Manassa and that group, that crew uh, and our wonderful donors, Alex. Yeah. I mean, without them, this isn't happening. So, so at the end of the day, um, it's just a, a neat place and uh, more to come on all of this. Yeah, look, stay tuned certainly to that. But again, seats planning on coming in. So when spring football kicks off and we have a spring football game in there, when we have track meets in there in the springtime, there's a good chance you might be able to sit down and have a chance to, to watch like a normal facility. And, and that's going to make a big difference instead of just standing around the edge of the track. Yeah, I think I think you're going to look at it and it's going to be kind of, uh, you know, I've been sort of describing it as, you know, the building's built. It, it, it's, you know, but this one feels like it's going to be more than just like safe. Uh, it's it's going to really finish it off. Yeah. And the other piece is there's a, um, not only the seating, but it'll have storage underneath. Yeah. So that'll give us the ability to put kind of stuff away and all that stuff and kind of clean the clean the uh, the whole place up. Yeah, one of the things Bubba Schweigert said when we were talking with him in that facility the other day, you know, as you look around the edge of the track, yeah, there are hurdles, there's yeah. soccer goals, there's just sort of a lot of, <laughs> not, to say, not to say those things are clutter, but when they're just sort of sitting around because there's no place else to put them, that's kind of how they look. But hey, if we have these great bleachers that we can put these things underneath with storage capabilities, all of a sudden now you've got... It just looks a little bit sharper. It looks a little bit cleaner. You don't have guys running into that type of stuff. All that stuff matters, cosmetically and practically. It does. I mean, it, it almost has kind of got the, the, the things strewn all over your living room feel, <laughs> you know? And we yeah. just have to clean it up. We've got good, company coming. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Right? I mean, really, grand, grandparents are coming. We better <laughs> stick it in the closet, right? So that's what we're going to do. Shut the door. That's, we've gotten, we, uh, my little girl is turning one this Friday, and we've gotten very good, uh, my wife and I, as a couple, of being able to put stuff put in. Stuff 
stuff, closets. Put stuff in closets and shut the door when people come over. That's right. Things yeah. look great. Because toys just kind of, they just have a way of finding their way all they over multiply, the place. They multiply, you know. They really do. At night. They do. They just completely <laughs> multiply. You do know that. Uh, I've learned. I've learned over the course of time. So, but anyway, good, good problems to have. But uh, cool. Well, if everything looks good on the A side, one more thing for Bill. One more thing. And so it's family weekend this weekend. Yes. So, uh, you know, that's number one. So we, we appreciate all the families coming back, visiting uh, their students, which is awesome. But Brenda Tracy is coming back. Yes. Yeah. And, and she came... Uh, the Big Sky, a couple of years ago, had Brenda come and, and meet with all the athletic directors and presidents at a, at a meeting, uh, at a spring meeting. And she's, she's kind of gone on a tour, if you will, and she goes to a lot of campuses, and, and, and her platform has set the expectation regarding sexual assault and uh, sexual violence. And so um, this being Sexual Assault Awareness Week, uh, excuse me, I think last week was, but I'm going to say within the kind of confines of this seven to 10 day window, Brenda's going to come back and she's going to uh, visit some of our student athletes again and, and be uh, visible at some of our uh, games this week. So we look forward to having Brenda back. Yeah, very cool. I saw soccer on Thursday had, yep. it, it was the set the expectation match. They wore ribbons on their jerseys yes. and the coaches did as well. So just raising awareness for that. No, that's a really cool, a really important thing for our students. Yeah. So if you kind of see that teal color that's out there, you know, just know that that's what that's for. Yeah. Well, important stuff on both sides of things. Good, good deal. Good, good mention there before we flip things over to the lighter side of this podcast yes yes so from a b-side perspective maybe not so light this week we got socks yanks i know you're listening to this again and game three has already happened but in our current present state it's one-to-one going to yankee stadium how you feeling bill about how this has been going pained (laughs) completely pained there's no joy there's no joy zero um and I kind of feel like the Yankees are, are sort of playing with house money a little bit. It feels like they're playing a bit looser than the Red Sox. Sure. And so if, if as a Red Sox fan, a couple things need to happen. One is they need to score some runs. And they need to they need to threaten a little bit more. The Yankees have threatened more than the Red Sox have. And some of it, they just gotta stop playing tight. They're playing a little tight right now. I mean you can tell their bullpen game one was woo. Yeah, that <laughs> that was a trip to six flags. <laughs> Wasn't it? I mean, that's holy a good way God. to describe it. I yeah, mean, yeah. Hey, let's go on Superman. Edge, edge hey, let's go over yeah. there. You know, let's go in the, uh, let's go over there. I mean, the guy comes in and throws it 58 feet. Yeah. Actually, we had one ball. This is the truth. I love the camera angle on the netting behind home plate oh, up sure. above. We actually threw a ball that landed up in the netting, you know, and just again, it bounced, right? And it went up. But um, that's, I thought, it was a perfect depiction of our bullpen. And so, yeah, when, when sale, when sale was getting taken out and I knew there was about 13 outs to go, I was wondering how this was going to play itself out and it didn't play out well. Yeah. Middle relief is not a strength for the Boston Red Sox and you can win 105 games and and have all the accolades and great offense and all that stuff. But if you really can't get from your starting pitching to your closer, and even your even your closer in the ninth inning of Game One when Kimbrell came in and you know walked the first there was there were just some moments there you walk the first guy and like it's a the two run game and here or a one run game actually at that point right because like, Judge went yard that's, on that's it. right here we go uh, speaking of Aaron Judge you've been you've been saying I want to say for weeks but at least at least for the last couple of days there's no reason to pitch to this guy ever right? why would you. Like, why would you, why would you make, make everybody else beat you? I mean, just, just don't give him anything to hit. And if he wants to go chase and he's impatient, that's fine. But just, just don't give him anything to hit. I mean, I, 
and again, maybe it's a competitive piece to some level, sure. or maybe it's all of that, and maybe they have statistical data that suggests X, Y, and Z. I just know I'm pained. That's what, that's what I am. This, so. this is how it and feels. And it's about me, obviously. Exactly. Exactly right. Right, Alex Cora, right now. Shoot, yes. him, shoot him a text and just be like, hey, hey. Yeah, hey. Let's, 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 just, let's get this Let's done. just throw the four fingers now, the up other, there and The other go. piece is, I'm just saying, um, that you might want a pitcher to get out of the second inning. Yeah. That's I mean, that, if your starter can't get out of the second, that's a problem as well. Now, the only thing positive about that, apparently, Joe Kelly had a pretty good outing. He went like 25 pitches and went two innings, and he actually was really pretty good. Yeah. So that's good. So it was good Joe Kelly and, and because <laughs> – Bad Joe Kelly shows up sometimes. Machine I mean, Gun Kelly. Yes, Watch yes, out. yes. Watch out. Well, hopefully when you're listening to this, it's it's 2-1 Sox and we're feeling much better. And, and I'm good with Evaldi pitching tonight. Yeah, that's – you know. Bull. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine because it, with having to bring Purcello in, I thought they were going to give him one extra day. And, and if you're listening to this and if – the Red Sox are down 2-1. I'd rather have Purcello on the mound, down 2-1, than Evaldi. Yeah. And I think Evaldi's numbers have been okay against the Yankees, and they've uh, been pretty good at, at Yankee Stadium. So, you know, having he's in the AL East with, with Tampa before this, so he's pitched to him familiar. a number of times. Yeah, yeah, this won't be a big stage for him, obviously, but familiar opposition. So. And, and let me just get this off my chest here. <laughs> is this. Is, it's the – Offensive approach right now, I'm a little concerned with too. I mean, we just gotta we gotta put some pressure on them. That's all. I mean, and if we, you know what, you're gonna not put any pressure on. They won 100 games too this year. So there you go. Just saying, not just a bad, saying. not a bad team you're playing just for saying. sure. Well, it's it's fun. I kind of had forgotten this was the last. You know, they had not played in the postseason since 2004. I didn't realize it had been that long since they had had a postseason series against each other. So three, four, and then of course 99, they actually they, yep. played. And then, painfully, the one game in 78. 78 yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, all this to be said, not a lot of joy. <laughs> well, hopefully you can glean a little bit over the next couple of days. When we pod next week, I'm hoping it's a much happier Bill Chaves and we're talking about October baseball and that the Red Sox are hopefully still in it. On a happier side... Tottenham got it done. Yeah, yeah, there you go. See, a one nothing, a a slim one nothing win over Cardiff City. But again, take it. Three points is three points. You take three points anytime you can get it. And your Liverpool played. And again, I I always am fascinated to to watch others play. Two heavyweights, the two largest heavyweights in 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 EPL this year, playing and almost played. I don't want to say not to lose, but they certainly played a very conservative game. Yeah. I would say not to lose. I think that's an accurate statement. Is that statement. fair? Yeah, this was, this was one versus two, Man City and Liverpool. Kind of, you know, the two, as you said, two best teams in the league, both on form, playing well, playing at Liverpool. And the games the year before had been wild. City had won 5-1 to one in the, at the Etihad. Liverpool won 4-3 to three at Anfield later in the season. So everybody was kind of expecting, you know, these are two very offensive-minded teams who have a history of maybe being a little susceptible at the back. Oh, this is going to be a crazy game. This will be like a 4-4 or, a, you know, a 3-2, whatever. And it was a nil-nil. And it really was only nil-nil because, as you said, both teams, the mindset just seemed to be, hey, let's, let's just not screw this up for ourselves. Because in the grand scheme of things, you talk about every game being a playoff game for FCS football. When, when you're playing another team that you really are, rivals with and every point is going to matter in the race for a title in which every game does over a 38 game season you don't want to give them three points like that's a six point swing if you make a mistake and uh, it did take though it took an awful penalty miss in the 84th minute to preserve at least the point for Liverpool poor Riyad Mahrez uh, did not look convincing as he walked up to the penalty spot Pep Guardiola the Man City manager said you're the guy taking the penalty 
and he sailed it, I don't know, into, into Rhodes D7. Where of, our ball is in Fenway Park. <laughs> just that's exactly where he cam. put it. Right, right where that ball was, oh. that's where he put it. Now, the other piece is, and I, we'll leave you with this, and I'll give Tyler O'Hara credit on this. Now, mm. again, he's a Liverpool fan down the hall here. He says to me, and again, I love these sort of uh, down deep, pull the onion back on all this yeah. stuff. Your guy, Sala has probably, and we like to say, not necessarily in the same form that he's been in, yeah. but apparently he's very left-footed oriented. Most of his he goals, is. if not all of his goals, either come from the head or the left foot. And they seem to have done Accurate. a good job like playing him that way. Is that fair to say? They've got a little more tape on Mo this year. And even though they had it last year and he still scored 40-something goals in that unbelievable season, uh, he so here, here's what I'll say. He's still scoring. He's not scoring as frequently as last year because he's not. People are all there are a lot of these columns about what's wrong with Mo Salah. What's wrong with this guy? And I think he's going to be fine. One of the, one of my favorite sayings in soccer is that form is temporary, but class is permanent. And this is a classy player, and I think he's going to prove his worth over the course of this season. So little dip in form right now. He's going to be fine. What I like to say is tradition never graduates. <laughs> That's awesome. How about that? James from the top rope. There that also go. That also works. Well, good. Well, if there's nothing else from Bill Chaves, David Folsky. Came off a pick, splashed a three. <laughs> I love it. Folks, thanks so much again for listening. For Athletic Director Bill Chaves, for our producer David Folsky, I'm Alex Seinert. Enjoy the week. Enjoy October. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>